be cold, so uh, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it might so be cold. cold so, Tim, congratulations on the tickets for Iowa versus uh, Nebraska there for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and I think we got a good shot of winning that game. Uh, I yeah, I mean we'll talk about the next yeah. two. We'll talk about the next okay. two games because I, I we have a lot to say about that and uh, and of course we're going to talk about uh, offense defense. Um, one other thing I want to talk about real quick. Something we posted on our page uh, yesterday and actually uh, previously in the week um, was a, a contest uh, and a fan vote for uh, Kelly Healy, who is a local tattoo artist here in Omaha, um, and she is. Uh, hoping to get voted on to be on the inked uh inked magazine cover uh for those of you that don't have t- um don't have tattoos you know nothing might know nothing about that but um obviously i i do but I but um but yeah. I, she's a local tattoo artist so we thought you know she asked us to share the information on the page to hopefully get some more fan votes and so that's why um you saw that on our page in the being first from place Nebraska and being a husker fan and she actually, she's a, a fan of our page as well and so we wanted to make sure we showed the love and and get the information out there so um, I was actually uh, very excited to be a part of that and be able to help her out and get the fan votes. And uh, a couple days left to still vote, so be sure to get your votes out there. Um, the only thing I wanted to comment on is just the people that decided to uh, essentially spew hate and be what I like to call keyboard uh, warriors out there and think they're doing uh, good for themselves and for others and, and really taking shots at her. I, I really thought that that was low blow. Um, a lot of people calling her uh, a slut and just really demeaning her on social media. Uh, to me, that's that's one of the biggest problems with with the world right now in 2018 is you that people that sit on your high pedestal and think that you're better than everyone else you can go out there and call somebody uh, a slut or um, indecent human being just by the way they look the way they dress and yeah that's fine if you don't like the picture or don't like what she does for a living don't like her tattoos but for god's sakes keep keep scrolling or leave we lost like 35 40 people on our page yesterday because of the picture and if that's how you really feel i don't want you following the page anyways so you, you, don't, um, you don't know the person yeah so, so you don't goodbye don't really say anything <laughs> um anyway. so best of luck to her um we'll keep voting um and then uh yeah hopefully we don't see any more derogatory comments if we do we're just going to delete them and then you might just get blocked anyway so um just leave if you don't like it um, other thing we want to mention before tomorrow is Happy Veterans Day uh, yeah. to everyone who, who served so. in the past, um, who continues to serve, uh, and plans on serving in the future, serving our country. We, we definitely appreciate uh, and have a lot of gratitude for what Absolutely. you do. Um, we have a grand, a grandparent, uh, great uncles. Um, I have an uncle who also served. Um, so we, we, have, yeah, we have friends, family. Um, so thank you for all that you've done for the country and will continue to do in the future. Um, all right, so let's get into it. So the Huskers, we take on Illinois. Um, we, after seeing them play the previous week, I kind of had a feeling that not only were they going to run the ball quite a bit on us, they were going to be successful running the ball on us, and it might be a high-scoring game. All right, I mean, my, predict, my prediction was 51-34, to 34, which is not too far off. No, not too far off. Um, I, I knew we were going to be able to score points. That's what everybody, you know, Maryland scored 60-some points a, a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, we knew we were going to be able to get a lot of yards on them. Yeah. I did believe that they were going to be able to score on us, and they did. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. We can break things down a little bit more into that. Yeah. But uh, great start. Came out, scored in, what, three, four plays. Yep. Uh, scored in like a minute. We, next yeah. or two minutes in the next drive, we scored in a minute. We, we scored on back-to-back drives, which we haven't done all year. That's um, true. And that's one thing that I've noticed over this over the course of the season is when, when we have scored on our first drive, which took us a few games to do so, we score on the first drive, and then from there, 
we stall out on the second drive, stall on the third drive, and we start getting those punts in there, and we don't continue the process. Three and outs, um, and that's when the field position game becomes huge. And so that was exciting to actually see us score back-to-back drives, and yeah. it was good because Illinois wasn't at that point wasn't going to stop scoring. Um, so McKenna asked about uh, a Zigbo. So um, let's talk about a Zigbo real quick. So he had 162 yards rushing on 11 uh, 11 carries and three TDs, a 60 yard rushing TD and a 66 yard rushing TD. Um, two longs of his career, and I mean that was that was incredible. Um, Agreed. And I, someone I saw on Twitter earlier, someone posted um, like, I can't believe everyone's so shocked about a Zigbo and what he's been able to do this year. Well, man, we haven't seen him for three years. Well, and we, we've seen him, but they've been we've, we've him. seen him every year. Um, I think going into last year, it was his job to take going in. And then no, no one stepped up. It was Trey Bryant, Azigbo, and Wilbon, and no one really stepped up to take that lead role. So they said they were gonna, they were all number one. Mm-hmm. Well, then first game we realized Trey Bryant was number one. Um, I really thought Azigbo would step up in that spot, yeah. and he didn't. That's okay. Um, Frost came in and changed his mind real quick. Uh, he definitely could be a guy that you could have thought maybe would have transferred. Yeah. Um, Maybe not, but either that or just kind of falling into a, a not kind of a Mikel Wolbon. Yeah, and he decided he was going to lose 15, 20 pounds, <laughs> and he's a lot faster. He's still got that power to break through, and yeah. he's got the speed. Oh, absolutely! So I, think, I love him. I think his his uh, draft prospect. I mean, right now he's building his draft potential right now, and he's yeah. if someone is not looking at him in the like yesterday, you were telling me he's like number fifty five or something as on running back draft potential. Uh, to me, I think that's uh, there's no possible way he's that. He's not even like how, you said. He's not even the 55th running back in college football. Yeah, like out of college football, like he's graded above a lot of different running backs. I mean, he's been better not than not even just stat wise. Well, yeah, he's been better than the J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. and the Mike Weber, who I thought coming into the season both had a chance at a Heisman race, and yeah. well, their offensive line proved me wrong. Um, but I think there's a lot of good running backs out there. But I mean, he's definitely to me top five. In the country, probably right now, top five, top ten. The way he's been um, going, and you, say, you can talk about the teams we played, but I don't. That doesn't well, matter. And he's you can still, look at stats. I mean, Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin has like six hundred more yards than than he does. But when it comes down to it, but they run ninety percent of the time. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. So uh, he's forty two yards away from a thousand. I hope he gets it this weekend. Yeah. Really pushing for it for him, um, and that too, I think, will help him. Uh, I think we're going to be seeing him play on Sundays. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think someone's looking at him right now. I guarantee there's uh, there's scouts looking at him and saying this guy could play for us. He, whether he's a first down back or well, a goal line and, back, and he can play. The thing about him is that I think the scouts are probably loving, our coaches would love, is, uh, I mean, this is his third coach that he's had in college. Mm-hmm. And he has been able, especially this year, was able to adapt into a starting role. Yeah. So I think NFL coaches would like that, meaning, hey, we can bring this kid in and he'll do whatever we want him to do yeah. so that he can get the job done or see some playing time. Yeah, well, they, I think he will. They, they know he's going to work hard. They know he's going to come in there and he'll take a leadership role if he needs to. If he hey, needs you need to. me to put on 20 pounds? I'll yeah. put on 20 pounds and be a yep. back. Or you need me to lose some more weight? Or you need me to be a, you know. Yeah. 
early down uh, back, whatever. Azigbo stepped up this year, and he's been uh, prime time in the backfield. And obviously, we have Mo Washington uh, there as well, who's going to be that next man up next year uh, in that starting right role. Now. Yeah, he's been dinged up the last couple games. Um, what I heard is both him and uh, Spielman are both fine. Um, they just didn't feel the need to put them in. They were they were dinged up. They were sore. They and Frost didn't feel the need to put them back in because we didn't need them uh, the rest of the they game. So other guys, um, and Azigbo was running fine. We got other guys that get in the backfield so um, we'll talk about defense here in a minute as well talk about uh, what we did but Martinez I mean he's got 70% completion on the year he was 24-34 yesterday 290 yards three TDs an interception that was you know throwback to uh, to when we beat Missouri yeah. on, a, on a kick pick not, not not quite as crazy as that but not uh, quite as exciting but it was it was an interception that he threw but um, yeah, it was a good play on defense it was a, yeah. it was a pretty good ball but uh, he also had 55 rushing yards in the TD. So Martinez continues to step up in games when we need him the most, and he scrambles away from the sacks. He scrambles away from the D line. Oh, yeah. um, he's just he's one of those guys that's fun to watch on the field because you do, once he's got the ball, you don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, and the you know the interception that he did throw, I thought at that particular point in the game we should have been running the ball with where we were at. Yep. Uh, we were talking about that while we were at the game. Um, it is what it is. The offense is going to run the way it runs and mm-hmm. we're going to be throwing the ball a lot more than you know there's going to be times where stuff like that happens yep. but I say it every week I mean this kid's a stud only up from here yeah so. absolutely uh, we had a great game from Stanley Morgan. Uh, he had eight receptions, 131 yards, and two TDs. So he's breaching on 1,000 yards. Spielman had another game for 71 yards. He's breaching, getting closer to that 1,000-yard season as well. They're going to have to keep up those averages if they want to yeah. get to that mark. But yeah, well, I, I think I all think, three of them can. Oh, yeah, I think all three of them. With two games left, I think all three of them are going to get that six that 1,000 uh, that yards. Would, um, I'd really like to see Stanley. I'd really like to see a Zigbo, but. You know, both those guys being seniors. Yeah, uh, it's just we've never had a thousand yard receiver, so I'd really yeah, like to see it'd be nice. That. And we have six. We had <laughs> six hundred six yards of offense yesterday, so that was we haven't had seven straight games of four hundred fifty plus ever. ever. So that was fantastic. Um, and that just if that doesn't shed some light on what's to come uh, next year and in the future, I I don't know what else will. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I mean. And- and not not to quick jump over to defense, but we had five we we had five takeaways on defense too. So we I mean, did. That's that's what we want. We want to move the ball, score some points, and get turned. Yeah, and anybody that watched UCF understands that we're we're going to give up points. We're going to give up <clears throat> yards. Now, five hundred nine yards still a lot of yards, and we don't want to do that. But when you get five takeaways, granted, some of them were definitely the uh, the other team's fault. But you got to take advantage of, it, and you got still still got to jump on the ball. And do what you can. So we we did give up 293 yards of offense in the first half, 509 overall. Um, so definitely not great stats. So what do, what do we want to see moving forward as far as making adjustments? Right now, what I saw yesterday being at the game, I don't know if you saw the same thing I did, but when the defenders are going to make the tackle, they break down and just stop. Okay. Not not all the time, but they don't attack the ball. And so when they break down and stop, and they're on their heels, they get beat. The guy's going to be able, a guy like AJ Bush. Who had a hell of a game, 187 yards rushing. He's a shifty guy. You don't know where he's going to go. He can move. And we knew that when he was uh, recruited to us. So he can move left or right, and he was able to do that. But when you get on your heels, there's no way you can move left or right with the guy who's going full speed at you. And I feel like that's where we really failed yesterday. Not necessarily – some of the schemes were bad. Some of the defensive play calls were bad because they ran it 90% of the time. But when when a guy attacks – we're talking about skill now. When a guy attacks the the runner and then breaks down right in front of him, it's hard to make that move left or right. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people are probably frustrated about was 
and it was frustrating was you know they were running the same thing every time yeah the the fake handoff AJ Bush keep to the left side and especially on third down yeah whether it was third and one third and ten third and 23 and he runs for 22 yards mm-hmm and it was the same thing over and over again. I I agree with you know what you're saying. Um, I think as like a fan, what fans are thinking <laughs> is that I don't like to see this consistently over and over again. We got we got to make a change. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, we should have. We knew every single time. We knew what was. I like I said, make one of the other guys beat you. Yeah. Make, you know, make make one of the other guys try to beat you. And, and, Don't and have Bush, to push every time. And he, have a spy on him. he showed very early on that he wasn't going to make – if he made the pass, his receivers weren't going to catch it. Well, uh, but he struggled to hit his targets. His targets struggled to catch the ball. Um, I feel like, yes, definitely spy the QB. We could have technically had two guys spying the QB. But our guys, even when we did, I would see Mo Berry or Gifford spying the QB or Doman. Um, what the problem was is our defensive line was getting pushed. Right. So instead of us pushing up, they were getting pushed back. Doman's not a tall guy. Barry is, but if you get caught left or right, well, it makes it tough to make that move. If you get caught open field one-on-one, it's tough. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see our defense do a little better, but I know, and Frost said early on, we're going to give up yards, we're going to give up points, but guess what? We're going to score more than you and right. outgain you. And, and we're going to take the opportunities we get off and, turnovers. And in the Big Ten, I'll tell you what, there's not a lot of teams that are putting up a ton of points. Right. You see a lot more defense, you see a lot more of the run game um, in the Big Ten than you do the pass game and the high scores. So I think I, I think that for the Big Ten, the Nebraska is going to be a different type of team in the Big Ten if that's the way we're going to operate. And I think we're going to our defense is only going to get better. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring in stronger corners, stronger defensive guys that are going to play into the type of defense that Shenander wants to play. Yeah. Um, and our corners have done are, have done just fine. Our safeties have done just fine. I know we I've seen improvement. Um, I've seen a lot of improvement. Well, and one thing too, and this is my my opinion on it. AJ Bush played at Nebraska, right? Yep. Not played, but he was on the roster at Nebraska, ended up transferring. He's coming in to play at Memorial Stadium. He never got a chance to play at Memorial mm-hmm. Stadium as a Husker, other than a spring game. I mean, he's he wanted to tear it up. Well, yeah. and, and he did in that first half. He had three rushing touchdowns, their first three touchdowns, yep. and he was showboating a little bit. Don't blame him He was there. excited. Um, you know, if that's just – if that's a kid that didn't play at Nebraska, I mean – is he looking that good in the first half? I, I don't think so. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, and I think, listen, he's a good runner. And, and he certainly is. That, and last week was a breakout game for him. Uh, he has He's had a couple of games this year, and then he had a good game against Nebraska. But that second half was a tale of two different quarterbacks where really, you know, until the late fourth quarter, we weren't giving him much, and we were able to kind of start to break away. To me, I still think we could have won that game 54-21. Uh, to uh, 21. We, we, uh, But we gave up a couple late TDs. Yeah. And probably we, shouldn't have, but. We probably could have scored a, another touchdown or two. Yeah. Um, you bring Bunch in, and he. Has a nice run and fumbles. Fumbles, yep. Um, whatever. The game was in hand at that point. Yep. You only got to win by one point. Yeah. So. And I heard on the radio on the way back, someone was talking about, you know, Nebraska's not used to giving up this type of yards on defense. We're not used sure. to that. That's not our That's not our defensive history. But I think people are going to have to get away from that and understand and, and once again trust that process and what Frost and his staff are doing. No, we don't want to give a 500 yards offense a game. No, absolutely not. But understand that we're going to go maybe more yards than we're used to doing, and we're going to get more points. This is his first year. 
Chet it was his first year, and I think people still are kind of, hey, we've kind of found our stride in the mm-hmm. offense, but the defense is still giving up points, giving up yards. Why haven't they found their stride? Well, I don't think that's really it. I think our defense, I think they've still seen drastic improvements. Um, we had, Like you said, five turnovers. Just three games yeah, in a row we've had I mean, three-plus turnovers. It's been years since we've had, you know, multiple turnovers, like every game. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to get there. Yeah. Our special teams looked better yesterday. Uh, yeah. We had the block punt safety, uh, which yeah. it has been four years since we've had a blocked punt. So um, I've seen improvement. I know not everyone feels the same way, but I and I, I don't want to harp on the defense too much. I still think there's a lot to work on. I think there's a lot to improve on, and no one else, no one's going to argue that. Um, and I, I want to wait and see what we can do. I want the defensive line to come in. We still have a defensive line who's not pushing very much and getting yeah. to the QB. But. Well, and, you know, this previous offseason, they weren't exactly sure what the coaching staff wanted. I mean, yep. yes, Trey Neal comes in. He probably explains, guys, here's what we need to do. This is what they want. Yep. But <clears throat> without going through the rigors of practice every week and a, a, a full season, you know, there's a lot of young guys back there. Yeah. So, <clears throat> or yeah. a lot of guys that at least will be back next year. <clears throat> oh, yeah, absolutely. So having a full season under their belts and another off season, I'm optimistic about where the defense will be at next, I, next I am year. too. Get some more recruits and some more defensive <clears throat> yeah. line, defensive ends, some corner safe. I and mean, we're going to be fine. Um, Nathan mentions, you know, um, Nebraska playing Michigan State and Iowa. Neither team puts up a lot of points. Right. Michigan State's offense is abysmal. Um, They are – I know Colin Coward said the same thing about Nebraska's offense, but he's an idiot and he goes for clicks. Um, That's not – yeah, I don't know if you heard about that or not. He was talking about Nebraska offense on his show and he said Nebraska offense is abysmal like a week ago. He's an idiot. Um, he's a smart idiot, but he's an idiot. Um, but I mean, really, I think we have a really good shot to win our next two games. After I don't know if you guys saw the highlights or even watched the game, the Michigan State. Obviously, we did not. Um, but it was. We know Ohio State is not very good. We know we took them on. Obviously, the record doesn't show that. Um, but I feel like that game was nine to seven going in the fourth quarter. Then they get a defensive was it six. Oh, yeah, sorry, 9-6. Yeah. 9-6 going into the fourth quarter. They get a fumble recovery in the end zone for a touchdown, and then they get, uh, I think, a two-yard rushing TD uh, from uh, from Weber, I think it was. So it's not like Ohio State pounded them, even though it was 26-6. Hmm. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And that field goal. Or something. Yeah. But it's not like they pounded them. Um, I, I, feel like, I feel like Michigan State's offense is just that bad. They had two field goals. You know, we put up 30-plus points on Ohio State, and all Michigan State could do was two yeah, field goals. I think they played two different quarterbacks, too. They, they were combined. I actually, I actually put it down. They were combined, let's see, 18 of 48 in the air for 54 yards. For 54 yards? 50, uh, sorry, 54 yards running. Uh, sorry, 54 yards rushing. I think they had like 180, maybe 200-some really? yards passing. They only had 54 yards rushing? Yeah. That's really bad. So, I mean, in Ohio State's, I mean, we ran for way more in Ohio State. Yeah. And Michigan, and obviously Ohio State, their offense isn't exactly humming right now. So I know you, I know a lot of people are thinking Michigan State's defense. Yes, they have the top rush defense, but guess what? We can do both. We can run and we can pass. Right. Um, I think we're going to find a way to beat both teams. Um, or at least be there down to the end in both games. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I have no doubt. I mean, Iowa showed yesterday that they're depleting right now. Um, they have struggled. <laughs> that was a tough one. 14 to 10. That was a boring. I it when we got back, and that was a very boring game. Yes. Um, that was a very boring game. I just not hating on either team, and you know, obviously Northwestern just won the Big Ten West. Congrats to them. Yeah. Um, 
I, I just That's pretty wild. I mean, they, they scored with nine nine and a half minutes left in the game. It's a great catch. It was, and then still nothing after that from either team. I mean, offensively, both teams. I mean, you can really Northwestern is one of just those gritty teams where they find a way to win in those low scoring games. Um, but in Iowa, an Iowa um, team that has two of the best tight ends in the country, the best tight end duo in the country, and you're only using one, and he only had like I don't know six or seven receptions under 100 yards. And the uh, other one didn't. And he had one. He, he had yeah, one Fant, Fant had one catch for zero yards. I, they didn't use him properly. So right now, I think <laughs> we have all the momentum. Right now, we have all yeah. the momentum. Michigan State. Uh, yeah, they, sorry, I didn't mean to get no, off that's topic fine. there. That's fine. Well, Michigan we're State. We're still talking about Nebraska. Here. Yeah. So we got Michigan State next week. Another 11 a.m. game. I know a lot of people aren't happy yeah, about I'm that. I'm pissed. I'm sorry. This I, is ridiculous. This is the eighth game of the season. That yeah. it's at 11 o'clock. We. It's so hard <laughs> to get recruits here. We we've been play Friday night. We've been winning at 11, um, which is nice, but. Um, it's our record. It really is. And Michigan State, if they would have won yeah, yesterday, maybe it would have been different. Two thirty. But either um, way, I'm not. I'm not too happy. About I'm not. It. Yeah, I'm not thrilled about the I know eleven. We got to win some games to get in a better slot, like you said. Yeah. But uh, but I th- I think I think we go at home, Michigan State. I think there's no doubt. I think we're gonna put up points. Um, some people might think we're gonna we're gonna have to punt a lot. I know their defense is good, um, but I think right now where we're at and where they're at. I'm not worried about us putting up points, and I'm not worried about our defense right now, even though we have given up points and yards. They've proven over and over again that they're not a team that puts up a lot of points, uh, especially against a team like Ohio State. They they just kind of folded and only put six. So I think I'm excited. I think we're going to put up points. I think we're going to win that game. All right. Um, one good thing that we were talking about, and we were talking about A.J. Bush for Illinois and how he used to play at Nebraska. Um, we stayed till the very end of the game, and – when the game ended, you know, they go out and, you know, coaches shake hands and this and that. I thought it was really cool. Stanley Morgan sprinted across the field over to A.J. Bush. Oh, Zigbo, Zigbo was right, right behind, behind him. him. Yep. It was really cool, you know. And that's something that shows with, you know, the the culture and the, the character of not only the players, but Frost and what he expects from them. And, you know, just the respect level that these guys have for yeah. a former teammate. It was really good to see. Him. Yeah, really cool. and it was cool for them to go over and, and congratulate him on a on a good game. Um, you know, McKenna mentions you know it's it's you know we're towards the end of the season and we haven't really seen much improvement on the D. Um, I know our our stats and the way we look as far as where we rank in the season. Yeah, we're we're bottom of the barrel as far as what we're doing on defense. Um, and you know, I yeah, we've given up some big yardage on long third downs. We we have struggle. We struggle with uh, stopping them on third down conversions. Um, once again, I'm just I'm not going to jump on them too much because uh, I think we've I, I think we've hit them hard enough this year, and I think they know what they need to do. Um, I'm no master on on a defensive scheme, and I'm not sure exactly what the answer is. I don't know if it's and Shenander. Let's let me tell you, Frost isn't going to get rid of him. Frost brought him here for a reason. They won with him at UCF. Frost has a plan in mind. He's not going to just say, "Hey, you had a bad year, bye." It's, just, it's not going to happen. He's not. He's not going to give him less than probably three or four years. Um, well, yeah, and it's they, just not going to happen. And, and they want to get guys in here that that fit their style. Yeah. And you know, the guys that were on the roster might not fit their style. Yeah. 
And some, some of them might, but not all of them probably yeah, and, do. And, I do. and they're working with what they got. Yeah, and I do feel like guys coming in um, that we recruit, I do feel, especially since we're aiming for a lot of JUCOs right now, if we get some guys to come in on the JUCO side, I think they do have a chance to play right away because they're not going to look at JUCO guys that don't fit what they're trying to do on right. defense. So I do think we have opportunity to get guys in that are going to be able to play right away. Um, I think we have a lot of good young defensive guys like Cam Taylor and Caleb Tanner yesterday. Actually, both, they didn't play a ton, but they played enough that they actually did pretty well um caleb tanner had a sack um yeah i I think i think we have some young guys that are going to be able to step up next year into some of those spots and do well and like mckenna said she hasn't she hasn't seen a lot of improvement you know as a whole i would probably say that that is probably true but if you look individually with some of these guys i mean going into the season i mean i knew muhammad barry was going to be pretty good but i did not know that he was going to be this good yeah oh yeah not saying he's perfect, and not saying that he's in position on every play, but he's really good. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson has gotten better. I we harped on him early. Um, <laughs> DiCaprio Boodle, has, you know, guys. Aaron Williams. Yeah, I mean, in, in, individually, these guys have gotten better, which I think will eventually lead to more yeah. success as a group. Yeah, and I think uh, you look at guys yesterday, like uh, Stilly had a pretty good game. Yeah. And, and you can say, I want about Illinois, but we saw the speed that they have, and, and we and had to. We, like, I mean, I listened to a lot of different things. Everyone was saying, like, Illinois can run the ball. Yeah. Like, they might not be a great team, and they might give up a lot of points. That's why they're going to lose games, but they can run the ball. Yep. And they can't. They could. They did. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where, once again, I don't want to harp on them too much just because it is year one. we got to give them time to build it. Just like we, the offense just turned around a lot faster because we have a dynamic and awesome freshman quarterback that's doing something that a lot of freshmen can't do their first year, even after yeah. sitting a year. I'd be a little bit more concerned if they had beaten us 54 to 35. Yep. Yeah, and and, and we are and we are seeing a lot of teams uh, across the country, teams like Florida State and Louisville, um, that they plain old just are not getting better. Yeah, I mean, they have gotten worse, if anything else. Yeah, um, and I mean, you feel for those kids at Florida State. I mean, they were recruited by Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, and then he jumped ship. So I mean, that, yeah, that program's it, kind of in shambles right now. Absolutely, um, um, they've gotten blown out by a lot of teams this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, so and even you know UCLA struggled to start. So a lot of, we talked about it earlier in the season, just the the rough start that new coaches had. But I think yeah. we're well, we, we want, record aside, I think we're in the, we're in one of the better spots. But even that, yeah, I mean we started zero and six, and three of those games, we, two of them were miss clock management. Uh, were really clock management, and right. then and, uh, what was it? The um, um, what was the other game? I don't remember what I mean, the other game was. There was there was Colorado, which was clock management. Yeah, with Northwestern uh, was clock management. That's true. Troy um, Troy was more of a. We didn't have. We had Martinez. twenty penalties. I mean, a lot of penalties. Um, but I, I, I saw a thing a national writer said that said you know, this Nebraska team is three and seven, but they are. <laughs> could very easily at this point be eight and two. Yeah. You know, we lost to Michigan. We. Easily should have lost to Michigan. Yes. Um, you know, between Wisconsin, Purdue, and Northwestern, mm-hmm. I mean. We, we, the uh, West we, beat each other up. Yeah. I mean, we, we could have beat two or three of those teams. Yeah. So. Um, Dalton asked about, you know, a 5-7 and seven Nebraska. Do we get to go to a bowl? No. I know, I know that's been a lot of questions. I think people have they said done their math, done the research, whatever. 
the variables are. There's enough six and six teams, and then the APR. Um, I know it did happen under Riley, but I I don't think Nebraska's gonna get a bull bid uh, if we went out. So really, that Iowa game is gonna be our bowl game for our seniors. Um, I think we're going to beat Iowa. I just, yeah, they were, they started off so well and then kind of just crapped it down their leg. And, um, yeah, I was kind of hoping that there was a chance that we could win out and get a bowl game, which I thought was huge if we could have beaten Ohio State. Then yeah. We actually could have. That chance would have been, uh, we could have been six and six. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I guess time will tell. But yeah. as far as what I've heard is that they're probably not going to happen. Um, the other thing is um, Northwestern. We'll talk about them here in a second. Um, uh, Nebraska, a couple of things I wanted to highlight was um, uh, Mick Stoltenberg. Yes, um, yes. I mean, talk about a guy just with a lot of just grit and determination. I mean, yeah, I don't, if you if they showed a replay on TV of him getting rolled up. Or like if he you did, stayed all the way to the end. Yeah, he uh, he got rolled on pretty hard, and he gets up, and he's like, "Screw it, I'm I'm walking off this field by myself." The emotion, the energy he was bringing to the sideline, and, the, and then Frost's response to come over—the crowd was going nuts. It was that, the fans that were left. Anyway. Yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, to see him get up and walk off the field, um, I think that was fantastic. I think um, jo- JoJo Doman, you're seeing him as a regular starter now, which I think he's earned his he's spot. Playing a lot more. Um, he has definitely earned his spot. We did see more of, like I said, Cam Taylor and Caleb Tanner yesterday than we have seen lately. So I think we're going to see more of them in the next couple of games. Uh, when time and, and when the, the time's right, we'll see them. Yeah, and uh, one cool thing was uh, uh, with Stoltenberg. I believe uh, Frost said he didn't even have to address the team after the game, that Stoltenberg, Stoltenberg took care of it. Yeah, so, yeah so he, said, he said, I didn't even talk to him. Mick took, ta- Mick took care I of it. I thought that was really cool. Um, if you guys didn't get a chance, go on to the either Two Average Guys page, Cornhusker Nation page, or on to podcasts. We met with a recruit at halftime of the game yesterday. Yep. Um, that was on an unofficial visit. Yep. Trevor Trevor Munson. Yes. Tw- he's a 2020 recruit. Uh, uh, wide receiver. Yeah. He was a real nice kid. Uh, loves Nebraska. His fa- uh, he's got family he's got here. Family from here. His dad is a writer for uh, Rivals. He, he covers Husker recruiting. Has been doing it since '99. Um, he's from Texas. Uh, hoping that he tunes in and, and watches a little bit. Um, yeah, he's a really, real nice kid. Hope to see him in a Husker uniform. In a yeah, of years. yeah. I mean, he's he's getting recruited by teams like Yale and Harvard. Yeah, and sounds he's got, like a real smart kid. Yeah, so. he's got he's got. He does some, not choose Nebraska. He's got a bright future. He's yeah, academically, he's he seems like a good kid as well. So he, he liked his visit with Nebraska. He, he mentioned here they talked times. about the meal plans. Uh, he was here last year. Um, we got to play catch with Frost. He loves what the coaches, um, what their plans are, what they're doing with the team, and how they want to address the future of the team. And he's kind of buddies with um, a few of the guys on the team. Yeah, he's in contact with them. Yeah. So. So uh, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders, and um, he did say he would never dress up in burnt orange. So that's always a good thing as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, you know right now he said if I had to choose now, I would choose Nebraska. Yeah, I but mean he, he's got some time left. Trevor, he said you know that, that he's never been anywhere like Nebraska. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was real cool that we got a chance to do that. Uh, it would have been kind of fun if we could have figured out a way to, to do that in a video, but I think it would have been kind of tough. Plus, the band was right by. Yeah, there. the band came by. Yeah, <laughs> but well, in, in video, it would have been tough just because the signal, and uh, we could have shot a video and posted. But that's all right. Um, I didn't nice, even think about that. It was nice it being able probably, to talk. It probably would have been really crappy. Uh, yeah, 
it, it was it was fun either way to get to talk to a recruit. Hopefully we get to do more of that in the future um, to bring more and more content to you guys. Um, that in-depth look on what recruits are thinking, how they're feeling, uh, how the visitors, visits are going, who they're talking to. Those kind of things are, are definitely fun for us. We enjoyed it. Uh, so hopefully we get to do more of that here in the future. Yeah, seems like um, these guys have a lot of respect for Frost. Yes, and so we'll, we'll do a lot. We'll do as much as we can to get that content over to you guys. Um, Nathan said he'd rather beat Iowa as their bowl game. Um, and <laughs> That's co- and, and, and coaches go recruit uh, players and get in the weight room and recover. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, it's tough because, you know, you get another month with the coaches. If you go to a bowl game, you yep. get another month's worth of practices, which is always a good thing. But like you said, going recruiting for a little while, that's not a bad thing. Yep. But um, then you get you get guys like Stanley Morgan and Zigbo and the seniors that want to go pro. Man, they get started right away, and they, they can yeah. definitely end up getting ready for that pro day um, to go out there and show what they can do. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think Iowa – so let's talk a little bit more about that Northwestern. So Northwestern's, uh, what, 6-4 and four now? Um, yeah. And they are and if the, you have any other questions yeah, keep, keep you want to go, just shoot them off. But we're going <laughs> to – Yeah, so McKenna mentions Frost is a player's coach. I actually said that yesterday to somebody on uh, on Twitter. I said he's a player's coach. Yeah. If you watch the way he addresses <laughs> she people. She says his body language on the sideline shows it. Yeah. I think his body still shows that he could he could still suit up and play. The dude was uh, shirtless on Friday when they were doing snow angels on the field. I mean, he's a Nebraska boy, and um, he he has that that determination to make sure he's treating the players with respect, doing what he needs to do to get the program back on track. There's nobody wa- wants to win more than he does right now, yeah. and and it shows in the way he addresses the players. And um, I still have yet to see him yell at anybody or any coach yell at anybody on the field. You see him address them you will see him grab maybe grab him by the jersey but he's talking to them he's going to tell them what they did wrong and how to correct it in order to never do that again or you'll be benched i mean he he addresses them the correct way um and that's something that you want to see from a a coach that's trying to turn a program around instead of demeaning uh someone's play he is correcting that um so he's definitely a player's coach 100 uh max what's up (laughs) um so northwestern so they're the big champ and so Big Ten West champ. The Big Ten West champ. And so here's my thing. I, I, I posed the question yesterday to just kind of gauge how people are feeling because there's been a lot of talk about an 18 playoff for quite some time, uh, from the four to the eight. And we talked about it early on in the, in the season, um, potentially a six game. What would that look like? Or six team, what would that look like? So I posed the question, Northwestern, if, if you have an 18 playoff and you have five automatic bids being the championship teams from the Power Five conferences, what if Northwestern beats Michigan does a four-loss team, maybe they got two more games, but does a four-loss <laughs> team, That's true. do they deserve to be in mm-hmm. a playoff spot after they, losing four games, including a game to Duke and a game to, was it Akron? Yep. And Akron. So they lost two games and two teams that are eh, early on in the season, and then you do well in your conference. Does that really, should you be awarded a, a playoff spot just because you well, won your conference? And I don't think they had that tough of a conference schedule. No, but it's not going to matter if you go to an eight team. You got automatic bids for right. a championship team. Well, that's not going to matter. I've been the, I've been a big when it comes to the eight team playoff. I think I've said it that I think it should be the the five power five conference champs with a group of five team and two at large. Um, that would make for an interesting. I mean, whether it comes down to how you do your seedings, I mean, yeah. that team would probably be number eight. But but is but I think it's worth a discussion because right now they're not going to go to eight. We know that. Right. 
Um, UCF is never going to have a shot unless we go to eight. We know that. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone has their opinion on whether UCF deserves it or not, and I'm not going to go into that because I, I, I'm on both sides of the fence there. But, Me too. But a four-loss a four conference champion or three-loss conference champion, if they get in over a one-loss non-conference champ, like let's say an Alabama loses their conference championship and they don't get in because of that, sure, they could be one of the final three teams. Right. But e- either way, how how is or, that? Or even, or even a two-loss, you know, a team that loses to, to both. Um, yes, you do too. Uh, or even a two-loss team, maybe maybe it's an okay. I don't like to even talk about the SEC, but let's let's say it's a an Auburn that loses to yeah. Alabama and Georgia. Their only two losses are to Alabama and Georgia, yep. and those two teams are in the the conference championship. They're probably a better team than a, you know. But would it open up the possibility to maybe slide three SEC teams in there? Yes, it definitely would. And how many people would be pissed then? Say, hey, we need to go to sixteen teams right. now. Or we need to go to twelve. It, or something. it would just expand and expand. Um, so I, I think, and and Ross says that absolutely, eighteen playoff would be the best mold for college football. So Ross, do you also believe that a four loss team getting in would be okay? I'm not, I'm not trying to argue either way. I'm trying to make sure we get a lot of discussion here because I think it's interesting because it could happen this year that a conference champion has four losses, and if we had an eighteen playoff, they're in. To me, it's yeah, is that. I think it's it's a healthy discussion, but I also think you got to go back to the way we rank teams from day one. <laughs> you got yeah. those preseason rankings. We've talked about it multiple times. Joel, Joel Klatt actually talked about it the other day, and he said Miami is your perfect example of teams that were ranked that shouldn't have been, and that's the problem with preseason rankings because they're ranked 8, LSU 25. LSU beats them. They flip-flop one, jumps 14, the other drops 14, and Miami has sucked this year. LSU has two losses now. They're still they're sitting at 10 in the AP. Who knows where they're going to be at? <laughs> I know, and they they the reason they keep them so high is, well, they be, you know, they, they, their only losses are to Alabama and Florida, yep. um, but, you know, they beat – this team and that team. Well, they beat Miami when they were number eight. Mm-hmm. And, They're not number eight. And, and so, and so, I mentioned, I sent this to you the other day, and I said, look at the preseason rankings. You had number eight. I think it was number eight, nine, eleven, thirteen, fifteen, sixteen, or something. All those teams were ranked, and they now have at least three. Some have four losses or more, and they were all ranked in the top twenty. So. To me, that furthers the argument that why do you even have preseason rankings when you don't? These teams haven't played a game. Well, and why can't you wait until the first playoff rankings come? Yeah. Out? Well, and so I well, mean, well, we know the answer to that. Well, and I, I know TV, the that, TV, money, right? Um, but if I mean, especially when I mean, you're going to come out with the first rankings and you're still going to put a, a one-loss LSU over yeah. over a, an undefeated Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, why, why do you have rankings at all to begin with? Exactly. And, and I think that creates, to me, if you didn't have rankings, I understand it's money. I understand it's TV. you got a 14 against a 16 or a 1 versus 6, you know, a 3 versus yeah, what 7. They have, right off the bat, there was like a two, like a – Notre Dame-Michigan. You had yeah, uh, Miami and LSU. You had you had a lot of rank. You know, Louisville-Alabama was supposed to be a big game, but we, no, know, we all know what happened there. So I, 
I think it's it's never going to happen. I really I know it's not going to happen, but I I would love for it to happen where no rankings. To me, that creates even more discussion to where now we're looking at teams as a whole, not because of their ranking or even because of the conference they're in. You're going to look at a San Diego State. You're going to look at a Utah. They're not even talked about at the beginning of the year. But Utah's having a hell of a year. Or or even teams like Fresno State, I know they lost this week. Or Utah State, or some of these teams that are now in the top fifteen, top twenty yeah. in the AP poll. Maybe not quite in the college football playoff poll, yeah. but um, yeah, I mean, a Utah State that has one loss the very, like the very first week to Wisconsin or whatever it was. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, and and so uh, so Ross mentions no winner of a Power Five conference game should be left out. Um, should be left out at least. Um, should at least have a chance. So, um, look at college basketball or any other sport in college. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It is a good Conference point. champ gets yeah. into the tournament regardless yeah. of your record. Yep, and so that's why I said it, I think it's worth a discussion because we could very well have that situation with a four-loss conference champ not and, getting in. And actually, I, I kind of don't mind it because, you know, it, college football is one of those sports where, you know, you, can't, you, you can only lose one game yeah. pretty much. You can't. Never had a two-loss champ. Yeah, it's it's any given day is any um, given teams. So day. it would bring a little bit more of an opportunity for, you know, okay, we have a couple losses, but the season's not over. We can still win the conference championship yep. and still make it into the final whatever you, you Absolutely. want to have it. Final yeah. eight or whatever. Yeah, like I said, I'm not arguing either way. I think it's worth a discussion because – down the road, you may see an eight-team playoff. Right now, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think down the road you may. Well, and, and then, like you said, you got a two-loss team that's not going to give up if they have a two- or three-loss season because there's a chance, hey, we can still win our conference. Yeah. But if they ever do that, SEC is going to have to be forced to, to play, play nine, nine games. conference games. And, They're going to have to be forced. And the Big 12 would, may, would maybe have to go to divisions. Or how would you no. want to do that? No, I don't think you so. Just have the top two teams still play f- yeah. for the championship. And actually, I kind of like the way that they they do their because everybody, everybody plays everybody. Everybody plays everybody, and that's that's really the way. Pretty that much, I, that's the only conference that that happens. Yeah, and the Big I, Ten used to be that way, and then there was an outright champ. Yep, and so I don't I don't mind that actually. Um, yeah, and I mean it's probably <laughs> Oklahoma and West Virginia are going to play each other, and they're going to turn around and play each other again. Hey, yeah, and I mean to me that's once again, and like Ross mentions, you know, why not give them a shot if they're if they go on and beat Michigan, who's a top four team, and they have four losses, are they not playing their best football? Well, and they or, have a chance to maybe, beat that or next maybe, team. Maybe you you're a, a team like well, I guess Michigan only lost one game, but maybe you lose two of your you know. Your first two games or two out of your first three games, but then you, you change quarterbacks or you 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 know change yeah. positions or something, and all of a sudden you know, then you come back and win your conference championship. Yeah. I mean, like Michigan now is better than they were when they lost Notre Dame. Yeah. Now Notre Dame is also I, better. I yeah, think. They're, they're better. They have a different quarterback than <laughs> yeah. they did at that point. You know, yeah. if they would have lost that game, you could say the same thing. Yeah, change. So, I mean, changes happen throughout the season where. Yeah, a team is maybe the first three games a loss to Duke and Akron. Well, let's see. North Northwestern's not blowing teams out. No, and and they're really not that good. So, um, and Northwestern's kind of a bad example here because I think they get blown out by any team in the the playoff. But I think once again, it's worth a discussion. Blown out by Michigan. It's worth a discussion because they might lose to Minnesota, or Illinois. Illinois might score a lot of points on them. So Minnesota just crushed Purdue. Yeah. So I I just. 
I don't know. I think Northwestern still could lose uh, one, one or two more games. They could be a six and six team and playing the championship game. So I think it's well, once again it's worth the discussion because it's it's fun to talk about for one because there's so many possibilities. Yeah. Um, but at Ross, I mean, I, there used to not even be a playoff. That was just a fun discussion to have. Yep. And now now we got it. So, uh, what was it? Zom said he thinks it's a six team. Yeah. And we kind of agreed with that. Yeah. Um, but eight would be kind of fun. Yeah. So and so Ross, you know, you mentioned Notre Dame. So Notre Dame, they don't have a conference. So they are taking a conference spot. Um, they're they're going to take either the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Um, this year, yeah. for right now, yeah. Yeah. Because um, they don't depending have Depending on how the, I mean, if they lose this weekend and Oklahoma runs the table and wins the Big 12, I mean. Or they, Washington they, they, State. They're not sure. Or Washington State, too. Um, if it went to an eight team. I mean, would you think Notre Dame would maybe have to join a conference? Would they have to join the Big Ten? I don't think they have to join a conference, but I think they could be one of those other three teams that gets in. Yeah, they they could still be. A oh, top, they could they could, they could be still be in the top four teams, or they could be an at large bid to get one of those last three spots. Well, they could almost uh, depend. I mean, depend on season to season. They could almost be an at large team almost every year. Yeah, then, but having one or two losses. But, yeah, but it depends on who they're beating and how they're beating them. Because yeah. you would have to expand on how you view each team. And that could to be determine fun too, who, because then you know a, a four loss champ ends up stealing a spot. Yeah, and the team they beat is still. In yeah, the, and that steals like the like a t- like, like a the team. basketball yeah in the basketball a, a team that's supposed to win the con- a small conference yeah some five hundred team comes and yeah steals their spot and then it bumps somebody out yeah or in a situation like this Northwestern beats Michigan Michigan still might get in because guess what Michigan's still a damn good team and maybe they lose a close game. Yeah. So you might not leave them out. So uh, once again, Ross, I appreciate your feedback. I just, I just think it's such a fun discussion. Um, Talking about it all day. I, I really could, and I think we could do our own damn show every t- every Tuesday night as well. Um, I do. I did have a kind of just a funny thought the other day. I, I do find it funny that they do an hour was an hour long show. Uh, however long it is, they spend so much time on those last four teams. Uh, they do a commercial break. They do this. They do that. But. The top twenty-five. No one cares anything outside the top ten because anybody outside the top ten has zero shot. Right. Um, and so they spend so much, so much time, so much hype on all these other teams that have no shot at the playoff just to say these are the top four. Well, or these are the top ten. And the, but it's all the, TV ratings. It's money. The I, reason I they it. do that is so they can show all these SEC teams that are still in the top twenty-five yep. with four losses, and that's why they you know have two teams that end up making it in. Yep. Um, I don't think that happens this year. No, but. Ross mentions you know the Ohio State getting in when they didn't win the conference title. Same uh, with Alabama last year. Same with Alabama last year. Um, and I think you know that we've seen it a couple different times now, and it would eliminate the problem because you still get the conference champion. Well, absolutely. What it would eliminate is the committee just deciding who their they think their four best teams are. Yeah, you're welcome, Ross. Rather than. Here is five teams that are deserving to be there, and then okay, they can trickle in yeah. a couple others. And here, here's here's what we want to look at for these other three teams. Here are the parameters. Here's what they're looking at head to head. We're looking at um, your opponent's record. That's huge. Um, that should be huge. Yeah. Hey, how is your opponent doing? Hey, we beat a ranked team. They were number fourteen. We beat them. Yeah, but now they're like number forty-two. So right. They may I mean, I know that you don't have any control over that. You you know when you beat them, you know at the time it, it's a it's a it's a big win. So you still put a lot of pressure on when you win your games and how you win your games, and yeah, you may have one or two losses, but understand that it may not be the end. Yeah. 
so I just like I said I, I could I could talk about this for hours uh, once again Ross appreciate your feedback here and, and your your uh, conversation because we very well could at some point go to an 18 playoff um, I am shocked shocked that Northwestern actually won uh, the Big Ten West um, yeah really yeah. everything kind of fell in place yesterday they needed Purdue to lose they needed to win and they needed uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin yeah. to lose Penn State beats Wisconsin and Minnesota throttled Purdue, and then they beat Iowa. And then they beat Iowa, Iowa fourteen to ten. Um, so it was just it was a, a very boring game. Like I said, I thought no, Iowa was just really kind of blew that game. Second half, they didn't even a lot of fumbles. Fant didn't even play in the second half. Um, yeah, he must be either. He told them, "Hey, I'm not, I'm done. I'm I'm going to the draft." Well, apparently, uh, Noah Fant's family called out coaching. Uh, Brian Ferentz on uh, I don't know if it was on social media or when they did it but they called out uh, Brian Ferentz on the play calling and not playing Noah so I don't think it, he wasn't injured I don't think it was him I think it was and after the game uh, Kirk said that you know what we felt like we were doing what we needed to do to oh, win yeah, the game um, and we felt like we had uh, the players on the field that we needed to win Dude, you got two of the best tight ends you're only using one of them and you're not using you them enough basically have the best tight end he's supposed to be the first round draft pick Yeah, as a tight end Ooh, any any undefeated teams are automatic, like a like a UCF. Look at Cincinnati, Cincinnati this year; they're nine and one. But guess where they're at in the AP? They're at nineteen. They if, were at twenty five. They're at nineteen in the right. AP. Um, the but, only thing that's tricky about that is, you know, um, I mean, does a, does an undefeated Sun Belt team make it in? But that's why I think you still have to have the parameters on what you're looking at. From a um, uh, schedule, who's, who's in opponents. The, is somebody in the top twenty-five from the Sun Belt, or they were in the ESPN Power Rankings? Yeah, um, I I'm not sure who it was, but uh, they're not undefeated. They they're like nine and one or whatever. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, a team like Boise State or, or Fresno State. I mean, they're never going to have a chance. Yeah. Unless you did something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, Mountain West or, a, yeah, like a Cincinnati yeah. or, or UCF, right? I mean, yeah. anything like that. They're all kind of the same level, but it gives them a chance, uh, yeah. just an outside chance. Um, th- then you got uh, – but, yeah, let's go back to Northwestern Iowa. So, Ross mentioned Iowa has no offense. It's a bend-o-break bend defense. Um, they can give up points through the air, though. Um, their offense is yeah. stalled out. Yeah, I Stanley, mean, Stanley was killing it. Uh, he was. He was actually one of my players of the week uh, a few weeks ago. I, there was, uh, some some national some national guy I was listening to said, uh, and I kid you not, this was like three weeks ago. He was like, "Is it weird to say that I have a man crush on Nate Stanley?" And then like that weekend, no, it was that weekend I played Penn State and he sucked. And I was like, "Oh, I bet that guy's taking his word back right quick." Yeah. Uh, and then they followed up with Purdue and and then again against Northwestern. Um, uh, their their offense has gone down. I, I actually talked to some logical uh, Iowa fans yesterday on um, on social media, and they were they were really upset about the game because of the misuse of Noah Fant, and just the offense has gone so far downhill. They're extremely upset about that. Um, they are worried about Nebraska because we are on the upswing, they are on the downswing, and they're and they're worried is, about that game. It is going to be basically our bowl game. It will be, and so so they're not confident that they're going to beat Nebraska. They're looking forward to the game. And, they don't say we are going to beat them, but the, they, their confidence is down right now as fans because of what they've seen from Brian Ferentz and the offensive play calling and what they've been able to do. The, the, the only upside for them, downside for us, is we have not won a game on the road this year. 
and we got to go on the road. And yeah. It's going to be cold and whatever. But I was a little nervous a little bit that, uh, you know, Adrian Martinez, has he's from California. He's not played in the attempts. He like looked he, good like yesterday. He did yesterday. I thought that might be a little bit of a concern going in. Yep. Um, but it obviously was not. It was not. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I so Kirk, Kirk Ferentz is one of those lifelong coaches. Pat Fitzgerald, lifelong coach at Northwestern. Oh yeah, I mean, Scott, Scott, now. Frost, Scott Frost could end up being a lifelong coach in Nebraska yeah. for a very, very long time. Especially Pat Fitzgerald now winning. I mean, it's the first time they've won the Big Ten West. Exactly. Um, you know, strength of schedule. Ross mentioned strength of schedule should have a lot more weight. Oh, absolutely. But you know, it's not going to because when you look at the SEC, you got you know two, three teams at the top, and everybody else they may be in the top twenty-five, but they shouldn't be. Right. Um, and they keep ranking them. Kentucky, like I said. Still in the top twenty, um, Florida's up there, and they Florida moved up a bunch of spots. yeah. They moved up like four spots. Mississippi State's still in there. In uh, AP, they're twenty five. Yeah, so they're still in there. I mean, it's just it's. I think it's gonna be interesting to see if they put them in the uh, the playoff rankings, but. Um, so McKenna mentioned 18 playoff would give uh, smaller conferences who are left out a chance. Absolutely. So yes, yeah, so a UCF team, uh, the Boise State of the past. Um, also, yeah. the programs would uh, would become less redundant. Yeah, so you, you're not going to see the same old crap well, over and over again every year. What I like about now is that if we did go to an eight team, so back in the day when the Boise State was going undefeated in the BCS mm-hmm. and they were getting left out of the championship and they were all pissed, you know, they were going in and beating Oklahoma yeah. with Adrian Peterson in, yeah. in, in a, a BCS bowl game or whatever. Yep. Um, what I like about it now is that, okay, maybe you do put them as the eight seed, but they have a chance. Yeah. You put UCF, maybe they don't beat Alabama last year, but they beat Auburn and – they beat Auburn, who beat Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. With the two teams that were in the championship. Yeah. So, I mean, just right there – you at least see where they're at. Yeah, and so, yeah, it does give the smaller schools. Um, and there are a lot of just uh, – the reason why there's so – the, the bowl games keep expanding. They just keep adding more and more, and more teams make a bowl team a bowl game even though they may not be worthy of it. And so someone from the SEC is going to say, hey, we had you know this many teams in bowl games. Yeah, but your team was 6-6, six and six and they played in this crap bowl that no one's ever heard of because it's brand new this year. Um, but they do keep adding bowl games – um, which you know, great for some teams that get to play one more game. But do you really give a damn if you're six and six or five and seven to get a bowl bid? Some kids might, most probably don't. Um, so there are a lot of meaningless bowl games. Um, you know, I, I, I have seen somewhere that said every team should play in a bowl game. You know, you match up zero and twelve against zero and twelve I, up to that, that's just that's just rewarding a team because they get a lot of free crap too, and they get and pay, they, they get paid trips to these locations. They already and, get a lot of free crap. So. Yeah. I just I don't I know. Think you have to earn it. Yeah, you earn it. This is not a we're going to give you something just because you play football type award. Right. You have to earn your spot into a bowl game. And like like McKenna said, there's a lot of bowl games that are just meaningless. But these teams go because they're six and six and they're happy about it and good for them. But it's a it's a consolation well, trophy for having a shitty season. Well, yes and no. I mean, you, you, <laughs> you well you you have a, a UCF team a couple years ago that goes zero and twelve. They turn around the next year and go six and six. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, they deserve to go to a bowl game. Those kids just went from winless to six and six in in one season. Yeah, you know, they, whatever bowl game it is that they that they're going to, they're pretty excited about it. I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So Nathan mentions, you know, the way that we went on the road against Ohio State, at Ohio, you know, playing at Ohio State showed that 
hey, we're ready to, to win a road game because we, we should have won that game. Um, and, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we beat – when we beat Michigan State. Well, and we should have beat Northwestern, too. Yep. Last two road games, we really should have. Yeah. So really what could have or yeah. should have won. So what should that point spread be uh, going in Iowa? It will be interesting. I, I think because of our offense, if Nebraska is favored, I think it's going to be more than three points because, because of the points that we can put up. I think Iowa's probably a touchdown favorite going into that game. I think it's going to depend on next weekend, though. That's true. What do you think about this weekend? Do they have anything today? Um... I didn't see anything. I haven't looked. I nope. Uh, Ross says App State versus Michigan. Yeah, anything can happen, especially end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about a couple other games yesterday. Uh, Michigan beat Rutgers. Ohio State. We talked about Ohio State, Michigan State. Crappy game. Uh, really terrible game until the fourth quarter, where really it was still a crappy game. But Ohio State got a defensive TD, a field goal, and off. I mean, really just a crappy game. Michigan State's horrible. Uh, someone said yesterday, Michigan State is is probably the worst and most disappointing team in the Big Ten. Which oh, is kind of funny. Well, that's that's probably true because all I heard leading up to the season was. Oh, you got the three big dogs, and or you know you, you've got. We did, yes. You got four big dogs in the East. Mm-hmm. You got Ohio State, you got Penn State, you got Michigan, and Michigan State. And, now you and got- a lot of them were saying, "I think Michigan State's got a real chance." Or if, yeah. you know, if not, if not first, they're going to probably finish second. And, and right now, I'd say you got one big dog in Michigan. Ohio sure. State's not a big dog. Um, Record wise, at this point, they they probably are, but in the long run, I don't think so. I think that they no. get blown out. I'm, by I'm any saying of those top four teams. Yeah, I'm saying they're not big dog due to um, the just their play. Yeah, they they're not a power team right now. Um, then you saw Penn State beat Wisconsin, so Wisconsin is another team everyone thought was going to be great, and they've had a rough year. It's too bad we didn't. They it's they too did. bad we didn't play some of these teams later on in the season. Yeah, I think we. Well, Wisconsin, Wisconsin lost their uh, big 99 on the offensive line. That was a huge, huge loss for them. Penn State's obviously having a down year. Um, Indiana beat Maryland. Maryland's been – obviously, they've been through so much crap this year. Um, and yeah, then Minnesota, yeah, once again, throttled Purdue. Um, that, was, that was a shock. So the talk, the talk right now is Jeff Brom could be going to Louisville. Is that true? He's a Louisville alum. And so with Petrino out at Louisville, they're like, Jeff Brom's a front runner, and they're going to be gunning for him. If they haven't talked to him already, they probably are. He, my guess is he's going to be gone, and we're going to be hearing more about that in the next couple of weeks. Really? Before yeah. the end of the year, I think he'll, he'll have think a contract. Do you want to leave the Big Ten for an ACC? It's his alma mater, man. That's I mean, you're seeing a lot of coaches going to coach. Les Miles might go coach at KU. Yeah, I, um, I mean, those kind of things happen. And that's and not I, just like a kind of a laughing thing. I, I think it's yeah. Oh, I think it's they're they're in talks. I think there's a lot. Of, lot it going was on just kind of something that popped up, and I was kind of laughing about it. And then I heard that <laughs> they're in, they're in some serious talks there. Yeah, um, Ross. It does depend on which Michigan State team shows up. You're right. And I've said that more than once. It depends on which team shows up, but I think we see a depleted team right now that they've lost a lot of steam, um, and we're on the uptake. I think we have a lot of momentum playing at home as well and, and coming into another home game yeah. um, with a chance to win two more and, and turn and our season around. I expect us to, to play just as well on offense. But you are right. I, I don't think we're going to score 54 points like we did this week, but um, I expect and hope that the defense you know, steps up a little bit from where yeah. they were at yesterday. Um, yeah, I think you're going to see a t- totally different type of team than you had against Illinois. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that yeah, Minnesota we winning was play, yeah. Minnesota was definitely a big shock yesterday, uh, yeah. beating Purdue um, in the Big Ten especially. Um, we had a big shootout, uh, Oklahoma Oklahoma State, which it typically is, and um, they missed an extra point early on. Oklahoma State did. They went for two in the fourth quarter, uh, the remaining seconds of the game, and just a terrible throw by Mason Rudolph. Um, it's not Mason Rudolph. Who's the? I'm not did he graduate? Yeah. Oh, damn. So whoever the quarterback is, <laughs> terrible throw. But, I mean, the guy was wide open, well, and he missed and him. He dude threw for like 500 yards in the game. Yeah. I mean, and so, he, and so he, he, he missed good, him. But, he was on the wrong. Um, yeah, o- Oklahoma still, they're I heard a lot of, like number seven. I heard a lot of talk after the game. Um, I don't know why Oklahoma State would do this. Um, you know, why they would go for two, why they wouldn't go for overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I get that. However, well, because they were saying, you know, th- there was still enough time that Oklahoma could have gone down and kicked a field goal and still won the game. Oklahoma State had, has nothing to lose this year. Yes. And you know what? They they, they couldn't stop them. So, yeah. I mean, what, you're going to go to overtime and yeah. then they score? and You know what I mean? I mean, neither team can stop either team, I guess. Yeah. But take but, a shot. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, don't miss your extra point early on. And then you kick an extra point to win the game there. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, and once again, we mentioned Kentucky lost to uh, Tennessee the second second loss in a row. Right. <laughs> someone someone had the balls to say that Tennessee is on the upswing and they're going to be looking really good next year. And I'm like, oh my god, they're going to be in the top 15 next year to start the season. They'll be in the top 25. Yeah. Oh, easily. But Tennessee is not on the upswing. And no. Anyways, uh, games next week. So really, it's kind of a crap schedule next week as far as college football as a whole. But here's what we have in the Big Ten. Okay. We got Indiana. Indiana playing at Michigan. We got uh, Michigan should win that game. Uh, we got Michigan State and Nebraska. We already know that. Uh, obviously, pulling for Nebraska. Penn State at Rutgers. Uh, Penn State should win that game. Should. Uh, Rutgers started pretty strong against Michigan, actually, um, until the second quarter when yeah. they didn't score anymore. Um, and then you had uh, Iowa at Illinois. I'm, I'm betting Illinois on that game. After what we just saw from their offense. That Illinois. Um, yeah, they can't pass, but man, they the way they run. This is the way they run the ball. I know yeah. Iowa can stop the run. It's the way they run the ball and the well, way they can change things I up. Think, they got they have a three uh, two back set. Yeah, and I think one of their running backs is like top ten, top fifteen in in the country. I think so. Um, I don't think AJ Bush has a game like he did against Nebraska because, like I said, yeah. you know he was out for vengeance. Yep. But um, but they're playing at home. They're playing at home, and uh, if they're able to run the ball. I don't know how much they're going to be able to stop Iowa. I know Iowa only scored 10 points, but watching that game yesterday, Illinois isn't really stopping anybody. No, it will will be interesting to see how that game goes. But um, then Ohio State's at Maryland. That could be a good game. Maryland could could be Ohio State tomorrow. All right, next weekend. They're up and down. They they score some points. They can. Um, And we we know what Ohio State can and can't do. Um, Northwestern's at Minnesota. Who the hell knows? Who knows? I can't. <laughs> I can't. Who knows? I um, tell, yeah. And then Wisconsin at Purdue. Who the hell knows? I just. I think those games are going to be. Um, they might be fun to watch. Some of them. Um, some of them might be pretty low scoring. Yeah. <laughs> boring games. Um, the SEC has their uh, their usual Week Twelve um, FCS schedule going next week. So every team. <laughs> Which is funny because watching football today, um, watching a game on CBS. You know, CBS pimps out the. Best SEC game, yeah. the best game from the best conference. God, the two thirty CBS game every week, right? Yeah. God. So I see, and it's Florida Tennessee. 
And I'm like, how is that the best they, game? And they, and man, I saw a commercial and, for that no, 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 on Fox. No. Let me take that back. It was Missouri, Tennessee. Yes. And I'm like, how is it Missouri, Tennessee as the best game? And then I'm like, oh yeah, because they play the Citadel and yeah. Savannah State or yeah. whatever. That but it, it's play. it's on. It's the SEC part of the network that's showing the game but it's, i did see the, the only probably game of com- that's conference yeah games. i did see the pre i did see a preview for that a commercial for it and i started laughing like man you're trying to hype up this game like it's going to be fun to watch but man mizzou and tennessee woo! Yeah. hold on to your hats people um texas texas tech that was actually a really good game and texas scored um, i thought texas tech might have a shot to win that or i they, thought they were gonna they did the they game. kicked it on side the onside kick it, Take notes, uh, Lightborn. The onside kick, he kicked it. He drilled it, like, line drive right at the guy's chest. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Oh, my God. Like, how do you target a guy and actually hit him? That was incredible. Yeah, that was um, pretty wild. That was fun to watch. And that, that, game, that, game. that game was fun to watch. You're right, Ross. I actually enjoyed that. It was entertaining. I just enjoy entertaining football. Of course, I don't like either team. Uh, but that game was fun to watch. I think Sam Ellinger is one of those guys you got to watch out for next year uh, in Texas because I believe they kind of found their stride this year, even though they kind of been up and down. Um, I think they're a team to watch out for next year, unfortunately. Um, and this this week, I know you didn't write it down, but uh, Texas-Iowa State is this week, which is, I think yep. be pretty solid. Yep. Uh, the only other game really worth talking about is Syracuse-Notre Dame. That's at Yankee Stadium. Um, pinstripe, uh, ugly-ass uniforms for Notre Dame. <laughs> um, look out, Notre Dame. I mean, Syracuse, is they are kind of on a high horse right now. I mean, they've been running high. They've been getting some good points on the board. I'm um, sure they took care of Louisville, put up 54 on them. Louisville's, Louisville's <laughs> bad, really but bad. Uh, but Notre Dame might be, and, and they haven't said anything about Ian Book yet. They were, yeah. He was asked about it after the game, and oh, Kelly right. was kind of quiet about it. He didn't oh, answer okay. the question, just dodged um, it. I know that uh, they had originally said that it appeared that he was only going to be out for one week, mm-hmm. but obviously things can change. Um, yep. When Bush looked up, uh, with what I watched, he looked all right against Florida State. They, they scored... They scored a bunch of points early on. The second uh, half was a different story. They got an interception right away and punched it in. Their, their um, defense did well early on. Um, their their blocked, first two TDs they, were with inside the 20-yard line. Yeah, they blocked uh, an extra point and took it for two. Yeah. Um, what I watched of it, they they were controlling the game. Yeah. Um, Florida State had, like, first and goal at the one and got stopped three times. Yeah, and, yeah I did see that. Yeah, Wimbush didn't really have a great second half, but um, – yeah, I don't know. I think I think Notre Dame still wins the game, but I think it's going to be really close. I'm interested to see what the uh, the line on that game is. I think it's probably going to be around six or seven, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean Syracuse is probably going to be close to the top ten. Uh, yeah, they, they'll probably be around eleven. I would think. 11 I, or I would. I would think so. Um, um, we we did talk about Bobby Petrino being out at Louisville, um, and the potential uh, right now. The talk is Brom from Purdue being uh, next runner up there. Um, Lincoln Riley to Cleveland Browns. That's been a huge topic, actually, um, for Cleveland since they fired Hugh Jackson. A lot of people are thinking Lincoln Riley is a big target right now. Um, he was only with Baker Mayfield for one year. He's only This is what, his third year coach? Or maybe uh, he was with Baker Mayfield. Is this his third year as a head coach? Or is it his second? second or th- is it his second or third year as a head coach? I don't know if the Browns want to bring someone in with such little experience Especially as a head coach. And being a head coach who has a high-powered offense and – I mean, their defense has been better this year, but I don't know if that's going to... I don't know. Their defense has given up a lot of points. Well, some games they've been better. <laughs> uh, I'll take that back. But do you want to bring in a coach who's had two or three years of head coaching experience? Probably not. I think Lee Riley is a smart guy, but 
is he in the NFL down the road? Is he a college coach right now that you want to bring into the pro level for a Browns team who keeps circling through coaches, circling through quarterbacks, suck every year? Do you really want to bring in a young coach who maybe won't be as successful as you're thinking? Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, know. I probably would not if it was my team. But hey, I know someone you can look at. Uh, uh, God, now I can't remember his name. I haven't had to talk about him all year because he's not. Um, oh, Lane Kiffin. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know if he's in the talks, but I just that kind of just shot in my head. Maybe Lane Kiffin. Um, I don't. I just don't know. Um, I know that Zach Taylor was one of the front runners. No, yeah, that's true. Zach Taylor was. Um, Dalton just said that uh, Bleacher Report was saying that the Cowboys are looking at Lincoln Riley. Uh, oh boy, that's my team. Uh, just so everyone knows, uh, and I'm all about getting rid of Garrett. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to happen because. I think him and uh, Jerry are, are really good friends and, and more than just friends. Um, something's going on there with that relationship, but um, Garrett needs to go if you uh, ask me. Yeah, I mean. I don't know what's going to happen, though. I don't know though. if they're going to do that. I don't know why you'd want to go after somebody that has only been a head coach for a couple of years. And that's my thought. I, I don't know if it'll happen, but time will tell. We'll my, see. My head coach is probably out, too, for the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. Because they're terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I think we got we had a good show today, and we talked about a lot. We covered a lot. Um, definitely tune into the podcast uh, if you want to listen over again. Um, keep asking questions. You can always message Two Average Guys or message Cornerstone Nation if you have questions. Uh, we're on Twitter at Two Average Guys, so follow us on there. Um, I, I try to stay as active as possible. Uh, Jimmy's not on there, so it is me. If you guys ever sorry. have questions, um, I need to get in the Twitter game, guys. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, it's a, it's a lot to keep up with, and just a reminder to everybody out there. We talked earlier in the show. We talked about um, uh, the whole um, Kelly Healy thing um, and the what some people thought was a misrepresentation of the page. Um, we are not affiliated with the university. We are Cornhusker Nation, Cornhusker fans. Yeah. Uh, we are football fans. Um, some of us may be basketball fans or baseball fans as well, volleyball, but primarily we are football fans uh, of the Huskers and. That's it. We don't get paid to do this. We do this for Basically fun. This is for fun, man. Um, so when someone asks us to reach out and help support them, we're going to do it. Um, it's the same thing as a, a cancer victim reaching out and say, hey, my son has cancer. Will you post this out there for the GoFundMe page? It's really not that much different. So I think hopefully we can all be more respectful down the road and just understand that we are fans and we and, enjoy what we do. And we like, I mean, we give information or news or updates that we get from team or college football in general for yep. us. Um, but... Uh, and, or post fun things yeah. or, or whatever or giveaways or yeah. whatever but at the same time you know we we talked to a recruit on the field yesterday <laughs> and yeah. he knows who we are on here so he's going to be on here yeah we, and so we don't want to give a negative image to recruits either yeah we, that's we, a big thing that we want to represent not only ourselves but the the, the corner nation fans um and corner fans in general um we're not saying we're a total representation of them but i mean ideally we want to be um the best source of information for you guys and we want to build this page and the only way we're going to do that is uh by bringing more content and more information and supporting local people and local companies and that's going to help us grow and help us build um we have full-time jobs um <laughs> we we have full-time jobs we work monday through friday and so on our weekends Families, we, we do our best pets. to watch as much college football watch as much highlights we stay up late saturday to try to catch up on everything if we don't get everything during the day so we do our best to bring you what we can every single time and hopefully you guys enjoy it continue to enjoy it hopefully we build we get more and one day 
I'm going to be in the press conference room <laughs> with Jimmy, and we're going to be asking the tough questions to Scott Frost. But I tell you, my, my first question to Scott Frost, it'd be a two-part question. Question number one, can I have your autograph? <laughs> question number two, can I get a picture with you when the press conference is over? That's it. Those would be the first two questions I would ever ask. Okay. Um, and then I will let Jimmy ask the serious questions. I would probably but, ask some serious questions. Um, but. but we do this for fun. So hopefully you guys can remember that. Hopefully you enjoy the show. Ross, appreciate you. And everyone else that commented today and joining the discussion. McKenna, as usual, Dalton, uh, everybody that's joining in, this is fun for us. We enjoy doing this every Sunday. We enjoy keeping you updated on the content. Feel free to share with your friends, your family, follow us on Twitter, follow the podcast, rate the podcast, let us know what you guys think, and we'll be back here next Sunday again to talk about the Michigan State game, and throughout the week, we'll keep updating content, and hopefully you guys enjoy it and tune in more often. Hopefully we can talk about a W next week. Woohoo! That's all I got. I'm Matt. I'm Jimmy. We're Two Average Guys. You guys enjoy the rest of your we'll Sunday. See you next week.